Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Brent Jones. Enjoy. Well, good morning. All right. Welcome. Welcome, everybody here in the room. Welcome, everybody online. We're so glad that you're joining us here this morning. Um, it's, we, we had, uh, we're in the, we've just kicked off a new series called Who Am I? Turn to your neighbor and say, Who Am I? Don't answer. We're going to answer that today. Just ask. Don't give an answer. No, I'm just kidding. Who am I? We started off last week at Church on the Field. How many of you were at Church on the Field last week? Man, what an incredible day together, huh? That was so fun. We had so much fun. As Pastor Jesse mentioned, in the last week here at Vineyard Boise, nine people have given their lives to Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's why we exist, to bring our community into the kingdom of God, into faith in Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. And so that's so exciting that we get to celebrate nine souls coming to Christ this week here at Vineyard Boise. But, you know, we, we talked about, we've, we've talked about a lot of things last week. We kind of went through a bullet point list of, uh, to begin to talk about who I am, who we are. We talked about stepping into the family of God as well. We kind of wrapped everything up by saying, hey, if you're, not, if you're not a part of the family of God, you need to be. And you're invited to be. And that's the invitation constantly is to come be a part of the family of God. No longer hanging out on the edges or the margins, but wholeheartedly plugging into God's family here at Vineyard Boise and allowing this family to love you, to care for you, to challenge you, support you, and call out your identity, who you are. That's the purpose of family. We reflect back to each other our identity. We, we hang out together, and in the reflection of family, we get to see who we're supposed to be, our identity. We can see who we are. And we reflect back to each other, not just identity, but our heritage, our traditions, and our calling. We just talked about it a few minutes ago, uh, about praying, come Holy Spirit. Why? Because we've seen the Holy Spirit move. And so we're asking him to do it again. It's part of our family. It's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. It's a part, it's a part of what we're supposed to be doing in our cities, in our communities. And family is the way that that happens. We remind ourselves, hey, did you remember we have this tradition? How many of you had traditions in your family growing up? Yeah, we had traditions. Some good, some bad. Some on purpose, some not on purpose. We just had our tra- a, a tradition yesterday. We, we have a thing called um, Saturday Morning Cafe. And it just kind of started because our family is large and all over the place all the time. And so Saturday mornings, one day we found that everybody was home on Saturday mornings. So what we did was we would, you know, plan throughout the week and we just, that's when we get the good breakfast. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Any of you grew up in a large family? You know what I'm talking about. There's breakfast and then there's the good breakfast, right? You know, it's like the, you know, like that's the day you get the sausage and the eggs or the bacon or the, you know, the hash browns and plus pancakes, right? 
So Saturday morning cafe is a, is a tradition in our house. And we don't hit it every Saturday, but when we do, we, we, I mean, we, we really hit it. And they, we set the table, and the kids make a little sign that says Saturday morning cafe. And it's so much fun. And we just, we just hang out together as a family. It's a tradition that we have. And so today, um, we, we're, we're talking about, we're, we're launching off of last week where we said, hey, this is who you are. You were created by God. God loves you. God is with you. And we have an understanding of these points. And from the, that understanding, we're going to open with this one simple point today. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a plan for you. In my notes, it says pray here. I make my notes. I have to give myself reminders. And I know we prayed a lot, but I just want to pray one more time if that's all right this morning. Father, thank you for today. Thank you that we get to be a part of your family. What a precious, precious, precious thing. Thanks for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the wind of your Holy Spirit blowing through this place to encourage every heart. And Lord, I'm asking that as I, as I speak today, Lord, that, it, that you would just, you'd speak to your people through your word. Speak to our hearts today. Touch our hearts, challenge our hearts, change our hearts today, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. There's this phrase, and I know we've all heard it, like, we're all God's children, can't we just... Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all God's kids. Aren't we just all God's children? And I, I don't want to mess with your theology this morning too much, but I want to talk about what it actually means to be God's children. So that's a term that people throw around like, we were all made by God. That's true. We were all created by God. That's true. We were all designed by God. That's true. But we are all God's children. Children is a different term. Children implies something a little bit different. Yes, we were all created by God. We were all made by God. But there is an intimacy that comes from family and being children and parents. There's something there. There's this cohesion that God does in family that's not just this flippant thing like, well, you know, it's like saying we're all just people. Well, yeah, that's true. But being a child, being a son, being a daughter, that's different. Because when, what we have to understand is that, as we said a moment ago, God has a plan for us. God has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29.1 29, says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5 says, The word of the Lord came to me. This is Jeremiah speaking. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. To do. 
God has a plan for you. God has something for you and I to do. It's not just that he made you, he made you. And while he was making you, while he was creating you, while he was putting you together, he did so with great intentionality because there's something for you to do. There's something for me to do. He has a plan for us. God's plan for you is this, a calling. It's a calling. We've all heard this word like, oh, it's not a job for me. It's a calling. Okay. I don't know. You know, it's, I, it's just my calling. I'm, I'm, I'm called to, okay. But see, calling implies somebody else speaking it over you. You are called. If my phone rings, I'm being called. Do you understand? Calling is not something you give yourself. We got a lot of that going on. With the internet, there's a whole lot of that going on. There's a whole lot of called people on YouTube. Called by whom? See that anytime someone is called, there is a called by whom that has to be examined. We have a calling. There's something we're supposed to do. What does this mean? What is my calling? Who am I? Wait, what? Wait, this is a lot of pressure. This is a lot of pressure. My, my, my brain can kind of spin out on this idea like, oh my gosh, am I not fulfilling my calling? Am I not doing what I'm supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What's, God call, what's God's call in my life? Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to say? What, what am I supposed to be when I grow up? What am I? You can start to feel a lot of pressure when you think about it. I'm not here to put pressure on you today. I'm actually here to relieve the pressure on you today by finding out who we are who you are, who I am. Yes, God has a plan for our lives, but it's not a high pressure thing. Listen to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two, verse 17 says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, on all people, look at this, your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions and your old men will, will dream dreams. I will pour out my spirit on all people, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Acts tells us in the last days, sons and daughters will prophesy. As his spirit is poured out, its landing place is on sons and daughters, old and young. As the Holy Spirit is poured out, as he's speaking, as he's calling, that lands on sons and daughters. It lands on daughters and sons from the oldest to the youngest. Calling, listen to this, calling lands on daughters and sons. Job titles land on servants and employees. If you just want a job title, there's plenty of those. You want a title? You want a job? You want something to do? There's a lot of that. You can have that, but that's for employees. That's for servants. The Bible would call them servants. That's for employees. Any employee can have a job title and a job description. Calling only rests on daughters and sons. God's desire, I wanna mess with you a little bit this morning. That's okay. God's desire is not for an army. God's desire is for a family. I know the songs. I grew up in church. I'm in the Lord's. Yes, sir. 
I'm in the Lord's army. Yes. You didn't grow up in church, you're like, what in the world is happening right now? <laughs> Sunday school, my friends, Sunday school is happening. <laughs> and right now, if you grew up in church, you're also thinking of a bunch of verses where you're called a soldier and you're called a, you know? But I also wanna point out that those verses of being a soldier are predicated on, we suffer well together as soldiers. It doesn't say God wants to build an army out of you. The Apostle Paul said, never said God wants to build an army out of the church. We have a lot of voices in the body of Christ today wanting to activate us as the body of Christ, as some sort of army. You're not being activated as an army, church. We're being activated as a family. And that's a different thing. It's a different thing. There's a huge difference between army and family. There's a couple of references to it in the, in the New Testament to suffer as a fellow soldier, but not as an army. And God's interest has always been family. That's why he calls himself a father. He calls himself a father. That's what he calls himself. His desire, his heart's desire is for family, a family of daughters and sons that he can love. The love of the father is like anything else and he longs to show you his love. You don't join an army to experience love. But in a family, and see some of us don't quite understand family because our family of origin has a lot to do with our understanding of family. Our parents have a lot to do with how we see God as a father, as a parent to us. And so some of us have this, I have a little bit of a messed up view of what that might need to look like. And so what I have to do is look about, look to see what God says. Actually, who am, is this real? Is this true? Well, let me show you. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 3, it says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. Some of us have this verse so memorized that we don't actually read it to ourselves when we read it. Listen, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. That is what we are. Ephesians 5.1 says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. These are not just anecdotal mentions of like, oh, this, this might sound good in a literary sense. No, this is what uh, men of God inspired by the Holy Spirit wrote in letters to the church saying, this is how we are to be perceived. And this is how we are to perceive one another as dearly loved children. When I'm looking at you, I'm not supposed to see, uh, you know, what I want to see. I'm not supposed to see what this world filters for me to see. What I'm supposed to see is you as a dearly loved child of God. You as a dearly loved daughter or son of God, the Father. You dearly loved by the Father. That's what I should be seeing when I look at you. 2 Corinthians 6.18, 
I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. It doesn't really get much clearer than that. You will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then in Hebrews chapter two, we read in verse 10, starting in verse 10, a little bit of a longer passage here. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. That was Jesus. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So the one who makes people holy and the ones who are made holy, who's that? Jesus and us. We are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them us brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here I am and the children God has given me. There's a story that anytime I'm talking about children or daughters or sons, there's a story, and you probably all know it, um, called, called The Prodigal Son. You familiar? Actually, the chapter in my Bible is called The Lost Son, which is probably a better description. It's in Luke chapter 15, and, and I just, I just want to read this out loud to you. I'm not going to put it on the screen. If you have your Bible, you can follow along. Um, Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through through 31, We're just, I'm just going to read it out loud to you. Jesus continued. He's telling some stories here. He says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? Here I am starving to death and I will set out and, I will set out and go ba back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Bring a ring, on, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. stop right there. Goes on and talks about the older brother 
some of his issues that he has. But I, I love this. You see, we're daughters and we're sons. Christianity is not simply some religious system that you can either succeed or fail at. It's a relationship between a father and his kids. And of all the things that children can fail at, they can never fail at being a daughter or a son. Listen to me. Of all the things a child can fail at, they can never fail at being a daughter or a son. Of all the things that you can fail at, you can never fail at being a daughter or a son of the Father. It doesn't matter where you, what you do. It doesn't matter what you grow up to be. It doesn't matter where you run. No matter what happens, you're always a daughter or son because of your father. If you choose to head back down the road toward him, he is always looking and he is always waiting. If you choose to head back down the road toward the father, toward home, he's always waiting. He's always watching. Our calling is more than simply what we're supposed to do. Calling is who we are. Our calling is to be daughters and sons of the Most High God, called, chosen by Him. My children don't do anything to make themselves mine. Listen, my children don't do anything to make themselves mine. I do that. I do that. I do the work that makes them mine. I do the work that follows through. I do the, it's on me because I am their father. The work of our parent-child relationship doesn't rest on them. It rests on me. It rests on the parent, right? <laughs> Some of your parents are like, oh my God, yes, yes. <laughs> it's work. But the work doesn't rest on the child. The work rests on the father, on the mother. The work rests on the parents. I want to tell you today, some of us are doing the work in the field with the pigs because we're not sure if we can come back, because we're not sure if we can come back around because we haven't done the work. We feel like it's not our call. We're not sure what our calling is. We're not sure where we're supposed to be. We, maybe we ran. Maybe we made some mistakes. Maybe we don't even know. But what you have to experience in the love of the Father is that none of that matters because the work of being a daughter or a son isn't on you. The work is in the Father's hands and He's got it. And He's calling to you. He's calling out. And He's calling you by name. We're daughters and sons of the Most High God, of the Father like, great. So we're daughters and sons. What's that? What's, now what? Now what? You know, what's interesting is <clears throat> the corporate world has kind of taken on this idea. You've probably seen it a little bit. Maybe it's happening in your work, but um, they're actually giving, given to calling their office now a family. And you might even hear it in an interview, like, oh, you know, it's just great. You know, we're all just a family. 
We're all just a family. We're just a family here together. We're all just great. This is just a family. Our work, our, this business is just a family. These 2,700 people, we're all just a family. We're all just a family. You've probably heard our, me or our family talk about Disneyland. We really like Disneyland. You know what Disneyland calls their employees? Cast members. Cast members. It's fun. It's like, oh, cast members only. You walk by a door, you're like, oh, I wonder what's behind that. It's probably just bathrooms or whatever, you know? But still, it says cast members only. So you're like, ooh, cast members only. Ooh. <laughs> I do. Maybe you guys don't. Every time I walk by one of those signs, I want to take a picture with it instead of Mickey Mouse. But so at Disneyland, they call their employees cast members, but they didn't always call them cast members. They used to call themselves family. Then do you know what happened? They got sued. Do you know why they got sued? Because you can't fire family members. Well, they said I was family, so they fired me. I'm suing. And one, by the way. You can't fire family. So there's all these businesses, all these business owners like, oh, well, we're just one big happy family. Well, you know, family's family. If you want to be a family, be a family, but understand what that entails. Now you can give up on your family. You can walk out on your family, but let me tell you something. You never leave that family. You're a part of that family. I want to tell you something today. You're a part of this family. If you've said, hey, I'm in a vineyard, you are a part of this family. If you've said yes to Jesus, you're a part of the family of God. We are here together as a family. And as a family, like I said earlier, we reflect back to each other. We reflect back to each other what that looks like, who we are, what our traditions are, what our family looks like. We talked about this last week. Sometimes just bringing up the word family is super uncomfortable because we all have extremely different ideas of what that should look like. Maybe how your father was or how your mother was. I, I don't know. I, I know that's really touchy territory. But it is nonetheless a family. So what does it mean for us? That's great to be a son or a daughter. What's that actually mean? Is that just a term? Is that just a, is that like a, we're all just God's children kind of thing? Let me tell you, Romans chapter eight, 16 through 17. You still with me this morning? All right. Romans chapter eight. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. See, he's saying here, if you're a child of God, if you belong to him, if you're a son, if you're a daughter of the father, then you are an heir. See, it's not just like you're a child. It's not an insult like, oh, you're a child. No, you're a child of God. You're a daughter. You're a son of the father. So what does that mean? That means you are an heir. You inherit Galatians 4 verse 7 says, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God made you also an heir. See, inheritance comes with being a child. We are God's children, heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Being an heir of the father has benefits. 
That son we talked about earlier that wandered away still had the position of son. Did you notice that? Yeah, he spent all his money. Yeah, he lived a wild life. Yeah, he walked away from his, the property and the, the, the family home and all that. He went to a totally different country. He got his own job. But even in spite of that, he still had his position as a son. And when he tried to come back and give up that position face to face with his father, he said it right there. Remember, he, he practiced it in the field. He rehearsed what he was going to say. Then he came in front of his father and he said exactly what he had rehearsed. And the father was like, son. You can make up whatever you want. You can say, well, I'll just kind of work here. Well, I'll just kind of volunteer here. Well, I'll just hang around on the periphery. And the father's standing here saying this morning, daughter, son, stop, stop, stop. Come here, grab a robe, grab a ring, grab the calf. Let's eat. Why? That's the heart of a father. And if you haven't experienced that in your life, I'm sorry. But that's the heart of a father. No matter what mistake, no matter where you've been, no matter how many times you've been around the same mistake making it, the heart of the father says, no, 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 stop, 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 stop. You're not an employee here. Well, I'll be one. I, you can't be one. You can't be one. You're an heir. You're an heir. Being an heir has benefits. When you're an heir, you have a position and that position grants you the one thing. Listen up. The one thing. This is the benefit. Can I share it with you? You're going to want to write this down. The benefit of being a daughter or a son, being an heir of the father is one word. Access. Access. We have access to the Father. We have access to God. My children, my kids, and we, I have five kids, if you don't know, <clears throat> from going into her sophomore year uh, of, of college down to 10 years old. I've got five. And um, everywhere in between those two benchmarks. And my kids have total access to me. My kids have complete access to me. My kids, day or night, anytime, it doesn't matter if I'm in a meeting or I'm driving or sleeping. <laughs> My kids have access to me. They can be like, hey, dad, I need, it's usually I need, that's okay. I love that. I love that. Hey, dad, I need help with, I love that opener. Why? Because I'm their father. I love that. They have access to me. If they have a need, I want to know, and I want to meet that need or solve that problem as quickly as I can, if I possibly can. If my kids have a need, parents in the room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If your daughter, your son has a need, what do you want to do? You want to know about it, right? So you can fix it. You want to help. They have access to me and everything that I could possibly do for them. You know, my oldest, <clears throat> last year during school, it was kind of cold out and my oldest was, uh, came out of rugby practice and her car wouldn't start. And, you know, she's down on campus, downtown, and just her car wouldn't start. You know, she tried, she, um, and so what'd she do? 
She texted me. Why? Because I can help. Because I'm her dad. Because I've got the battery pack. I've got the car that usually runs, right? <laughs> when you're 19, you don't always have those things. Is that, am I right? So she texted me, hey, dad, I need help. Boom, I'm there. It was pretty late. I don't remember what time it was, but it was late. Why? Because I'm her dad. And if there's ever anything I can do, I want to know. I don't want her to ask some, you know, other college student to help her out. They can't help her out anyways. They don't have that kind of stuff. Dads have that kind of stuff. Dads have the tools in the back of their car, right? Dads have the, the stuff to get the job done. Why? Because we're ready to help them. We're like, well, I, I know one day I'm going to use that particular ratchet to help my kids. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> we do stupid stuff like that. I want to help my kids anywhere, anytime I possibly can. I just want to read a few verses here. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Matthew chapter 10, verse seven, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. This last one, uh, Matthew chapter seven, verse seven. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? If you need healing, direction, wisdom, encouragement, provision, it doesn't matter what it is. Ask. You have access to your Father. You have power to walk in freedom, and you have the authority to bring the kingdom with you wherever you go. That's part of being an heir and a joint heir with Christ. You're a daughter, you're a son, so you have these rights that come with being so. Listen to this. You have all the full rights and benefits and access of a daughter or a son, whether you're on speaking terms with the father right now or not. I'm gonna repeat that for a couple people in the back. You have all of the full rights and benefits and access of a daughter or son, whether you're on speaking terms with the father right now or not. He loves you. He's waiting for you and he's running after you. He's watching for you. Doesn't matter if you've opened up a conversation with him in a while or not. 
He will close the gap between you and him in a millisecond if you just turn his way. You even have so much as a thought about turning his way. That's why some of you are actually here this morning because you were just like, well, maybe I, and you're here. And this morning he is running you, running to you, chasing you down to get to you. Why? Because he loves you. You know, we as a family, we started our, Kate and I started our family uh, through international adoption. That had quite a few challenges on our end. I'm not here this morning to tell my kids' story. That's theirs to tell you. But Kate and I's story along the way was pretty tough. You know, we, for our older girls, we went through a process after we began that process that was over a year and a half long. A lot of paperwork. And I don't, by a lot, I, I mean like a lot. Appointments, doctor's appointments, fingerprints. I, I had my fingerprints done four times separately. Fingerprints, like uh, appointments with NCIS, appointments with this government agency, that government agency, this adoption agency, these people, this counselor, uh, this, uh, this uh, consultant, all of this stuff for over a year and a half. And we did all of it gladly without any hesitation. And you know, in that time, what's amazing is that we were waiting. There we were on this side of the ocean, our daughters on the other side of an ocean, and we were waiting. And we were pretty powerless, really. I mean, we had, we had no recourse whatsoever. It's not like we could just go grab them and leave, right? And every night, so they were all we talked about. They were all we thought about. They were all we made plans for were these two little girls. And every night we would hold the one photo of them that we had and we would pray and we would pray and we would pray and together we'd lay hands on that photo together and we would pray for them. because we were separated from them, and we would pray that so very soon we could be together with them. And that was all we could think about until one day they said, okay, you can go. And do you know we were on a plane like the minute our credit card would allow? <laughs> do you know what's crazy? Sometimes, you're waiting, but what you don't realize is that on the other end, the Father is ready and waiting just for you. And this morning, what you need to hear is just like Kate and I back then, like you are all he thinks about, all he wants, all he desires is you and me and a family together. And he will go to the ends of the earth to make that a reality. And this morning, he's waiting for you.
Let's stand up together this morning. Some of us, we're rethinking what this morning as I'm presenting how the Father is and who the Father is. You're like, I don't get that. It doesn't make sense to me. That's not how my dad was. I hear that. I hear all of that thing. I hear all of that. But I want to tell you that he wants to begin to transform your view, your image, your picture of what the Father is, who he is with this fact right now and that he thinks about you all the time. Imagine. The Bible says his thoughts toward us are as numerous as the sands of the seashore. He's thinking about you. And what if this morning, all this was orchestrated just for you to meet with him? You know, some of us haven't been living like daughters and sons. Some of us aren't on speaking terms with the Father right now, and that's okay, because He still wants you and loves you. Some of us haven't been living like daughters and sons. And whether you've been running away or not, doesn't matter. Still, sometimes we just don't live like we're His, right? It's not like we're running away or we're doing, you know, we're out living this way or that. Some of us just, ha- maybe you haven't been living in the rights and, and the, the, the benefits of being a son or daughter. Maybe that's it. You're like, well, I, I, I'm around. Okay. Well, the Father loves to have you around. You know what he also loves? He also loves you to access him for what you need to ask him. Some of you have been like, you've been trying to go through all of this just alone or just trying to, you know, just from what you read or from what you study or this book or that book or, and he's saying, hey, you could ask me. You could ask me. That's what I hear the Father saying this morning is ask. Sometimes, you know, especially in this culture today, we don't want to come across as needy. You know what fathers love? Fathers love needy. Dads, dads, we love needy. Why? Because we like to fix it. We like to help. We like to come alongside and start the car, come alongside and give what we can, come alongside and, you know, have you over for dinner, come alongside and cry with you and pray with you, come alongside and that's what we want to do. That's what dads want to do. So this morning, you have access to the Father. And right open before you are the doors of the throne room of heaven, and the Father is there, and he's just saying, hey, ask. Ask me. I'm right here, I'm waiting, I'm ready, and you're all I'm thinking about. Rather than letting us make that make us feel uncomfortable, let's press into what he's actually saying, which is ask. Just say okay and ask. So I'm going to invite you up to this altar this morning. Some of you have real needs this morning that you want to ask. Some of you need your relationship with the Father restored. You're saying, hey, I need... I, I, I know that I'm just, I'm not even on speaking terms with him right now. I haven't opened up a conversation with God and I don't know how long. Awesome. Today's the day. Let's do it. 
Let's open up a conversation between you and the Father where you say, hey, here's where I'm actually at. I don't even, I don't even trust you right now. Okay, he's not scared of that. You know what's awesome about a father is you can say whatever you want to them. Some of you are like, well, that's not my experience. I wanna correct that today. He's not scared of, your, of, your, of what you want or need to say. Because see, as a father, as a father, my affirmation doesn't come from my kids. I don't, I don't need affirmation from my kids to be their father. I am their father. I call the affirmation out in them. That's, what, that's my job. God doesn't need you to affirm him this morning. He needs you to ask him for what you need. We're gonna do that. If you have a need from the Father this morning, you need to ask. Maybe you need direction. You're just like, man, I don't even know what the next step is. You need direction. Okay, ask. You need healing. Okay, ask. He heals. He heals. I said he heals. He's here to heal us this morning. You need calling, you need that, you just need a word. Maybe somebody in here today, you just need a word. You're just like, man, I just need a word from God. He wants to meet with you today. He wants to speak to you today. You need provision? Okay, he wants to meet you there today. And today is the day to ask, knowing that he wants to help and is waiting to help. So this morning, if you have a need and you wanna ask the Father this morning, I, I want you just to come on up to this altar and I want you to press in right along the front. Right now, go. We're gonna sing a song together. As we do, as we sing this song, I want you just to press right in up to the front. If you have a need and you're like, hey, this morning I'm asking the Father, I have a need, I wanna ask the Father um, for, for what I need this morning um, and then we're gonna, we're gonna to pray together. I share something with you and finish the scripture with chapter 31 and 32. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So when we read the parable, we never read that he was dead physically, but spiritually he was dead. And I hear two voices that condemn the son, the voices in his mind that said, hey, you're not worthy. And the voices of his brother, the body of Christ that said, hey, hold on. You first have to prove, hey, you have a few steps to be restored back to your rightful relationship with the Father. And if that's you today, the Word of God defends you today. The Word of God is saying, you are in right standing with me if you just believe. If you just say yes to Jesus today, yeah. come back and embrace your Father and you walk in the full identity of Christ and rebuke the voices that condemn you and when it's your own mind and your own conscience say i am not that person anymore i am alive in christ jesus amen amen, amen.
So this morning, we're going to sing this song. As we do, I just want you to come to this altar, push up front so other people have room. And we're just going to gather and we're going to present our need to the Father. As children of God, we're going to present our needs to the Father. Never let me go. I lay it all down again to hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. Here to meet with you this morning. 
He's here to meet with you this morning. He's here to say, hey, child, how can I help you? Son, daughter, what can I do? What can I do? you this morning just come on forward we want to pray for you just to feel and experience the father's love there's some words for prayer this morning i want to put them up on the screen these are specific things that as people as the prayer team was praying this morning they felt like you need a prayer for loneliness, and the Holy Spirit wants to just meet you right where you are, to wash your feet and to have a meeting with you this morning. Somebody, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is asking, why are you doing that? Somebody who's struggling physically with psoriasis, the Lord wants to heal that this morning. Cirrhosis of the liver, the Lord wants to heal that this morning. If you need healing for those things, this morning it's time to come up and receive healing in prayer. If that's you, just come on down. You can raise up your hand. Somebody from the prayer team will pray with you. We're gonna formally dismiss right now, but before we do, I just wanna pray over us. I wanna pray over us together. Sometimes we can have moments like this and you're like, well, I don't know, nothing happened, I didn't feel anything. Listen, you presented your needs to God. Now, he's gonna come and meet your need. That's how that works, you're waiting for him. He's, he's, he's there to meet with you. He's there to meet with you. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just speak the love of the Father over each person here at this altar. Can we just, can we just all extend our hands in some way to him and just say, Father, I'm yours. Just like a child, just this before I'm just say, Father, I'm yours. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I ask that you would meet every need. Like the Father that you are, Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking that you meet needs. Father, I'm asking that you heal physical bodies. 
I speak healing over physical bodies. Father, you are a healer. And so today, God, I'm asking for healing. Healing in their minds, Father. Healing in our minds. Set us free from addictions, from bondage, from chains of the past. Right now in Jesus' name, I cut those off right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask for provision. I'm asking for jobs, God. For those that need jobs, I'm asking for provisions of finances for those who need provision of finances. Father, I'm asking, Father, for provision of wisdom for those who need wisdom right now in the name of Jesus, for direction for next steps. God's giving you direction for next steps right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, direction for next steps. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just breathe on us and show us your love today, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Thank you for meeting with us here today so tenderly, God, so, so gently, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here in this place. And right now, in Jesus' name, we thank you for it today, God. And we just say, have your way in us this week, we ask in your precious name, amen. Amen. If you're still praying at the altar, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep meeting with God. So you want to keep meeting with God? Come on down to the altar. God's moving. God's stirring. Come on down. We want to pray with you. God bless you. Have an incredible day. Have an incredible week. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.